Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to die. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. It is an afternoon. Welcome to the podcast Love the Graps. It's a wrestling podcast. It's a podcast about wrestling <laughs> by people who sometimes go to watch wrestling. Yep, mostly uh, go to watch wrestling. <laughs> the thing that they mostly do is yeah. go to watch wrestling to uh, to the detriment of their lives. Yes. And yes. certainly are their bank balances. <laughs> um, my name's Chris. Hi. Um, I'm sat here with Alan Boone. Hello. Um, my name's Chris East, by the way. I always introduce <laughs> Alan by his full name. Um, uh, I've got a full name as well. A full human name given to me by my mother and father upon my birth. Who, who decided your name, mother or father? Um, I think it was more my mother than my father. Yeah. Um, my mum was brought up Catholic. Right. Saint Christopher. Christopher, obviously. I mean, it's still a saint in, in the Church of England yeah. as well. Um, but my my dad actually wanted me to have a family name that all right. of him, him and his brothers had. They all had it as their middle name. What was that? Which was, I think, the name of like a grandfather or something. Eustace. Right. It would have been terrible, wouldn't it? It's a good name. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Oh, Eustace. How many Eustaces have you met? Um. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Talking of names, my cousin, do you remember I told you a couple of weeks ago, I didn't tell the podcast, this will be news to the podcast. Yeah. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I met my cousin and she said her friend was a wrestler. Okay. Found out who it is. Yeah. But um, I said, oh, what was her name? And she went, I think it's Aretha Fury. <laughs> right. So I think it's Athena Fury. Right, okay. Yeah, but Aretha Fury, yeah. I quite like. So, uh, yeah. I think that's a urinary tract infection. Isn't well, it? unless <laughs> maybe there is a tribute act. Uh, on the Birmingham wrestling scene to Athena Fury called Aretha Fury. Aretha Fury. No, don't drag it down. That's the joke I made a second ago. Yeah, Just I ignored wanted, it. Yeah, but I wanted everyone else at home uh, to hear it. You don't have to be at home to no. listen. You can listen on the train, yeah. on a plane, on a boat, in whilst wearing a coat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... This is episode 50. Special episode. Episode 50 of the podcast Love the Graps. I can't believe we made it. I know. Um, when in, we started in nine months. Our little podcast. Yeah. You know, when we they said you couldn't run a podcast. In central Northampton. In, in central Northampton. Yeah. They said it would never work. Yeah. How wrong were they? I mean, I mean they weren't right. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. We, 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 we've not been a roaring success. We're a, we're a minor success. Oh, I'm happy. You know, if we took everybody who listened to this, put them in a room, it would be a very uncomfortable fit. But Chris, it's quality, not quantity. Every one of our listeners and subscribers, quality. Uh, yeah, mm, some of them. Well, we'll get to one of them in a minute. Yeah, well... <laughs> Question two. Yeah. Um, but also, quality, not quantity, is a question for you. Um, recently for a Halloween party and I had a bit of a disagreement with one of my housemates who, who, who was very much of the quality over quantity when it came to Halloween decorations. Yep. I, on the other hand, quantity over quality. 
You need to fill the place. Yeah, in, in terms of decorations, it's got to look like Halloween threw up. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say the same at Christmas as well. Yeah. You you can't go can't go light on that. I do like consistency though. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of colour scheme, we had orange a very and orange and black colour scheme. Halloween isn't it? Um, and Christmas it gets a bit tricky because there are variations. Green and red, mate. You got green and red, but also if you wanted to go a little bit classier. Go for something a little bit different. Green and red is very, it's a clash, isn't it? Well. But also, do you want green, red, and gold? Do you want, you know, red and white, like a candy cane? So like, you say green and red's a clash, but it's the opposite of the colour wheel, so it should Yeah, that by the very definition is a clash. No. Yeah. It's complimentary. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Anyway. Um, so we opened up our arms. To our uh, to you the listener um, via our Facebook group page, um, and we are doing a Q and A. Yeah. Because you know what, what we think matters. Yes. All right. It's the definitive answer. Yeah. So the buck stops here. The young bucks stop here. Yeah, they don't. I mean, every time they come past. Yeah. And I go out to the front door and I, hey, uh, Nick, oh, just keeps driving. Never stop. What do they drive? Um, a Ford Focus. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 They used to have a KA. Right. Um, car. Yeah. A car. It's not a KA. Wow. And then they crashed it. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make it do a flip. Yeah. Do you know who was their driver? No. Meltzer. Very good. <sighs> so we've got a bunch of questions. I'm not sure how long it's going to take us to get yeah. through them, but I did say the other day that this could be an audiobook sized podcast it could also just take us 10 minutes it could take us 10 minutes we could just zip through it yeah should we just give one word answers yes should we go through once give one word answers and then come back through i ain't, I ain't doing it twice okay. let's just do it properly all right okay um so should we kick off then yeah okay yeah so first question yeah is from uh, a man i'm calling thom French, yeah. Uh, he just refused to. I'm sure it's not pronounced Thom. Thom York, from from Radiohead. That's, Again, that's I don't think that's how he pronounces it. Yeah. Um, so Thom French, uh, he said, uh, he's, well, he's, he's got two questions really. First one wrestling based. Second one not so much wrestling yeah. based, um, but very much in keeping with the podcast. Uh, first one is if you're thinking of going to see a new promotion. What are the signs you look for that would put you off? Now, I'm presuming he means um, not actual physical signs, uh, um, because the kind of thing that would put me off there are um, warning room smells of shit. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know that would really put me off. Um, closed. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another sign that would yeah. put me off. But no, I presume he's thinking kind of, you know, what are the warning signs? Uh, yeah, I mean promotion. that's in. It. I guess yeah. that's in his question. So um, um, the first one I thought of because I, I I did give this question a little bit of pre-thought. I haven't um, done that with any of them. Uh, um, promoter being front and center. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan of of the promoter making it all about himself. To to what to what degree though? Do do you feel like we'll put the uh, um, you know the big one? out there yeah but do you think that jim smallman from progress is doing that to the detriment of, of... no because he felt he fulfills a, a dual role yeah there he he mostly isn't involved in storylines yeah uh he's just the host of the show yeah um he just happens to be 
one of the co-owners of the promotion. Yeah. Um, I don't think that. No, that is I a, guess a it doesn't there. impact on his role too much. He does mention it a lot. Well, he does. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, he's not like an authority figure, is he? No. Uh, I guess on occasion, but yeah. And it's just you know a, a promoter putting himself in matches. Yeah. Um, a promoter sort of being very much the the face of the promotion. Um, I like to see a promotion built around a an interesting idea, uh, and b the talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the venue? Is there a particular type of venue that might put you? Well, off? Chris, um, um, if a new promotion was going to run in a leisure centre, yeah, they can fuck off. Not interested in that. No. Yeah. Um, if I a sign that might put me off. I mean, if I had been following on social media and there was some pretty ropey. Um, uh, problematic things to mm. do with the promotion um, that had yeah. come up. I might be a little bit wary about going along. If um, you know some comments had been made about the type of crowds they were pulling in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, one of the sort of criticisms that got levelled at what culture quite a lot um, over the past year was to do with um, you know some of the behaviour of their fans. That mm. that puts me off. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing is if they book Bram. Yeah, you see, and I was thinking about this as well. And it's not only Bram's problematic side, yeah. because your mileage will vary on that. Yeah, uh, It's just Bram presumably charges a higher price than your average person. Yeah. He's not bringing in anybody. Yeah. There is no cachet to book in Bram. Why are you bothering booking Thomas Bram Latimer... <laughs> In 2017, yeah. when he's not even on the TV show that nobody well, watches anymore. It's more that he's kind of indicative of a kind of promotion that yeah. is never going to appeal to me. No. So like, if you if you just go, that's a guy what has been on American television at one point, he will definitely bring more people in to watch us. Then you've kind of not really... Like, there's no creativity there, is you've there? You've probably like, got no faith in your product. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, there's a few signs there. Yeah. Do you want to ask the second Yeah, part second of part of the question. Uh, more importantly, Thom says, uh, what do you order at Wimpy? Well, Alan, obviously, recently we went to Wimpy. We did. Uh, what did you have? Uh, I had the uh, spicy bean burger, now because that, there is very yeah, little. That's a classic vegetarian option. It is. I think growing up, when I, you know, I had periods of vegetarianism, I think like that was the first time when I was out of the house eating in an establishment mm. I remember that eating something that was deliberately vegetarian yeah. and that was a, a wimpy spicy bean burger I on the other hand um, ordered some it was a burger with a bender in it yeah um, I think it was it wasn't a bender in a bun because that's just the bender yeah um, I think it was called like the wimpy mega burger or bender something burger. like that um, yeah I enjoyed the bender I did yeah the bender, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is a sausage with a broken spine. <laughs> you love getting your lips around a bender, don't you? Fuck's sake. We're one question in. <laughs> one question in. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, do you know what? I would, have, I would have liked to have tried a milkshake, but we didn't do that. So. Yeah, maybe next time we go, um, assuming there is a next time, because Wimpy just haven't got back to us. No. Although they did say they were on, we were on the list for 2018. So, so. I will be contacting yeah. them in the new year. Um, 
I, I might have a Knickerbocker glory. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. All right, I'll um, we'll move on then. Uh, next up, we have a question from Joe Atherton. <sighs> yeah, um, Joe Atherton is no, not even gonna not not gonna do it. Love you, Joe. Um, will you ever go to a tidal show? It's a five thirty start and an eight thirty finish means it wouldn't be that later night. Well, see, Joe's made the classic mistake there of, of assuming that an 8.30 finish means an early night, but Leeds is at least two hours away. Yeah. So we wouldn't be home till about 11, and yeah. then we have to do this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no such thing as an early night. No. Um, I would like to go to a tidal show. Yeah. It's been on the list. Um, we almost went yeah. in the summer, but we ended something. up in Eve right okay uh, yeah instead yeah um i don't know why we made that decision but it's easier to get to it is yeah it's only an hour rather than rather than two hours um the venue they run looks really cool yeah uh the church. when the lights work even when the lights don't work i'm, yeah. I'm down with that yeah you know i'm down um, with that but yeah the answer to the question is yeah yeah Prob maybe next yeah. year. Guy who runs Tidal seems alright as well. He seems yeah. nice fellow. I've had a few chats with him online. Yeah. Seems good like. They, their shows seem good. Um yeah. they have interesting mix of talent. Um some mostly the northern fellas, but they, they bring some London fellas up as well. Yeah. Um, Why so, not? Yeah. Why not, Joe? What are you trying to get at? Yeah, Joe. Why wouldn't we go? Yeah. To to avoid you. Yeah. Yeah. More importantly, Joe, will you ever go to a good wrestling show? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not a good wrestling show. Joe gets plenty of good wrestling shows. Made worse by his presence. <laughs> uh, let's move on then. Question number three: Martin Bentley. Uh, Martin Bentley has asked a, a question to a cage match. Okay. I love cage match. Yeah. Wonderful resource. Yeah. He put in honor of Tom Irvin making cage match believe that Dave Benson Phillips trained him, <laughs> um, which. Raises a number of questions. Uh, what would you put on a Mark Priest cage match profile? Now, what would I put? Yeah, again, this needs to be explained. Um, Mark Priest was, if you don't know, the name that I used to use when I was a professional wrestler yeah. and commentator and manager. Um, so he's referring to my brief, mm. unspectacular wrestling career. Um, but let's talk about Tom Irvin first. Yeah. I can't believe Tom Irvin is on cage match. <laughs> can't you? Because he's on cage match. Why would he be on cage He's wrestled for progress, hasn't he? Yeah, but he, he could still be there and not have a page. I mean, there are people on cage match with one entry. Really? Of course there are. Yeah, but they're there, but they haven't actually got a page. They're on the results No, page. I think there are going to be wrestlers on there that are like, no. yeah, I've got them on there. I, I do happen to know Martin does have a... He, he can input things on cage match. I might be talking to him about this at yeah. some point. Um, but it's guys Do you not have a cage match profile? I don't, no. I'm not on there. How embarrassing. No. Um, a lot of the promotions I worked for uh, have not troubled cage match. No. Um, so Have they got a VOD service? No. 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 Um, my, my name is on there. Um, mm. There was the two shows that I worked which are on cage match. Um, one of them, um, it says it's a completely different team. Right. Because oh, by that point I was in a tag team. Uh, the Fuck You Crew. Uh, Money Mark and Stereo Mike, mm. uh, and one of the one of the shows it says it was a different team that fought the match we were in. Brilliant. Uh, and the other one, it's just got FYC brackets Money Mark Stereo Mike, no link. We got no page, so I, I do appear there. I'm on IMDb though, so you know there you okay. go. Um, what would it say on a uh, a Mark Priest cage match? Well, it wouldn't say Dave Benson Phillips. For those of you who don't know, Dave Benson Phillips was a children's entertainer 
from the early 2000s. 90s. Yeah. Definitely 90s. Because I was a kid when he was on TV. All right. And yeah. I have been an adult for all of the 2000s. Yeah. My my niece, who's about to become 18, one of her first crushes was Dave Benson Phillips. Okay. Um, as a, 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 you know, a toddler. She, she was quite fond of, of I him. I mean, he's a charismatic chap. Well, it, it kind of went down like badly with my slightly racist dad. It was yeah. like, you know, oh, black man. Oh. He used to um, have a show called Get Your Own Back. All oh, right. Where you would get, you, they, they'd be like, oh, the kids have brought a teacher onto it and they'd yeah. end up in a gunge tank. Right. Gunge tanks were very popular yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Um, which, uh, if you're not familiar with the gunge tank, Google it. Yeah. It's probably, actually, be careful Googling. <laughs> I'm sure that there's all sort of fetish sites. Yeah. Centred around gunging. Yeah, I went to see All Star Wrestling at Fairfield Hall in Croydon once, yeah. and the next night, Dave Benson Phillips was there. Wrestling, not wrestling. No, no. Um, and that night, once the the Fuck You Crew wrestled at the Cheese and Grain in yeah. Froome in Somerset, and the next night, Phil Cool was there. Okay, very good. Yeah, if you remember Phil um, Cool, give me a shout. So, what kind of stuff would would be on there? Well, I mean, my training. Yeah. Uh, I I did half a day's training under well I say under Andre Baker at Hamlock. He just sat in the corner and read the newspaper. Okay. Um. So it was under John Ryan and uh, Tank Sherman. Right. Uh, I did a day's training with Mark Sloan and Kev O'Neill, and then I was nominally trained by the owners of Brawl Wrestling, um, Jem Brown, mm. uh, last seen being <laughs> a uh, a Spartan. Yeah. Um, and Chris Peacock. Um, but after a few weeks, I was doing as much training as they were. Brilliant. That's a good sign. It's a quality school, that, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, as I say, I'm very good at teaching the first four to six weeks of, of wrestling training. Beyond that. I'm not your man. Um, so, I get, would it say self-trained? I don't know. Perhaps I would put mm. Andre Baker, Mark Sloan, just for that cachet. Uh, yeah. There, putting me up there with your Haskins and your Zack Sabre Juniors. Is there any anything else you could put on there, like, like favourite snacks, notable um, failures <laughs> in life? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. what sort. Of, is there a trivia section there, on I Cage mean, Match? There isn't really. Well, no. Maybe there should be. Yeah, Martin, could you introduce a trivia section to the yeah. Cage Match database? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cage Match, two thumbs up. Tom, <laughs> Tom Irvin, two thumbs down. <coughs> Dave Benson Phillips, I have no opinion. Alan Boone, aka Mark Priest, has given his endorsement to Cage Match. Yeah. We're not sponsored by them. Only good things for Strigger from this point on. Cool, cool. All right. So next question is from Mike Farrow. Oh. Um, who, who refereed my debut match. Wow. What, yeah. a, what a world. Yeah. What a small world. Um, well, I, maybe this plays in a little bit to, to that. If you could have somebody's wrestling career, who would it be and why? Oh. What about yourself, Chris? Uh, if I could eliminate the broken neck part, maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin, because he's oh. made a lot of money. I mean, The Rock, but the, his wrestling career kind of isn't his film career I want to aim for the top yeah um yeah I'd quite if I was going to do it I'd want to make a lot of money right maybe I wouldn't oh no I've been put on the spot here I'm also you know obviously I consider myself an artist yeah in everything that I do so maybe I'd want something else hmm it's a tricky question now you see myself that I I'd Money would be nice, yeah. obviously, but I don't think that's what Mike's getting at here. Why not? I don't think that's what he's getting at. Oh, right, okay. um, so I'd kind of like a, a bit of 
adventure, a bit of variety. Mm-hmm. So you've got to go back for that, really. Uh, back to the days of the territories. Um, back to the days of going to Mexico, going to Japan. Um, I ideally wouldn't like it to end with me murdering my wife and child and then killing myself. Otherwise, Benoit... <laughs> You know, he had a pretty interesting career. He, he did some of the territory stuff. He, he, he Mexico, did a Japan. Of, a lot of backstage bullying as well. Yeah. Um, is that part of his wrestling career? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's a travelling. Yeah. I mean, so, I, Nick Bockwinkle, maybe. I quite like Nick yeah. Bockwinkle. Um, the Destroyer. I uh, quite like his career. Yeah. Um, modern, maybe Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, um, Chris Jericho got to do all what I was talking about, the you know the territories, the Indies, WCW, WWF, Japan, Mexico. And he got to, he's getting to have a more of an easy time of it yeah. later in his career. Yeah. Like he drops in and out, yeah. does other things. So maybe I'd, I, go, I'd go for Jericho. If I was going to, if I was going to, maybe I haven't given it 90 seconds worth of thought yeah. now. Maybe uh, Bobby Heenan, if I could count like yeah. his involvement in wrestling post in ring yeah well I mean his in ring was fun as well yeah, yeah you know but like you know that guy you know he kept going he yeah kept, he was allowed to mess about I like messing about um, and was generally well regarded by pretty much everyone yeah. and that's you know if that's something that you can aim for then why not one day maybe we'll watch the first and only women of wrestling pay-per-view where he uh, commentates on that smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucked uh, out of his face. I mean, I don't drink a lot, but I could do it. Yeah. Him and Stagger Lee Marshall, who was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Great. Great stuff. Great. Mm. That trivia section for Cage Batch is going to be crammed yeah. soon. Um, right. Question five. Oh, it's Joe Atherton again. Uh, okay. Uh, right. I mean, I mix these up, but yeah. I, it was more random than anything. Well, I mean, he did he did ask these at different points. Yeah. So you know, fair play to Joe. He's had two goes at this, so he's not going to win, though, is yeah. he? Um, very generic question. Yeah, it is. It is. You didn't read to say that, but well done. <laughs> so, um, but favorite Britress entrance music each. What we get one pick each. Yeah. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. And then maybe um, we'll we'll do a count to three, and then we'll try and say at the same time what we think we would agree on as the the best one. Right. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Go first with what. what right. Um. There's a few person, I like. Personal. Right. There's. I mean, are we talking? You actually like the song, or are we talking? You like? No, I think it's got to be in context entrance, because okay. if you're talking about entrances yeah then you're you're up there with your jimmy havoc yeah um that song fits him just perfectly yeah uh rampage brown yeah um with the hate breed uh i really like mark haskins crowbot yeah it's a good it's a good theme it works uh eddie dennis uh party hard yeah Uh, mark andrews uh house not quite home yeah um these are the these are your big ones aren't they you know I'm a fan of Omari. Yeah, I, do. I am aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I quite like that. I, I was very much enjoying when he was over here last uh, last summer. Chris Hero. Yeah, that's I, not I Brit like Rest, the Chris is awesome. It's not Brit Rest, come on. But he, he asked us a generic question. Let's give him a generic answer. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? Well, I mean, you've named all the good ones, haven't you, really? Um... I always and they're a band that I've got, I've got my problems with in the past, but I always like Gnome Dar coming out to Oasis. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good yeah. and, and fit. 
fit in really well and was unusual as well because everybody's got a metal song, haven't they? Um, I've got a real soft spot for Kaylee Ray and her music, uh, like the the, yeah. the the thing, whatever the thing that is. Dominate the world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, what else jumps to mind? Um, there, there are plenty which uh, I like, you know, personally as songs. Hmm. Um, I'm trying not to sort of, uh, not to sort of pick those. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, you can't really get past, like, Rampage. No. Um, and Eddie Dennis without Party Hard always feels a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to throw Zack Sabre Jr. in there, in whatever he comes out to. Maybe not his, his custom Rev Pro theme. Yeah. Um, but... He comes out to very different songs in different places, and they they all seem to work. Well, and some um, Marty Skrull has had custom sort of themes for a while, and has mm. always sort of um, you know they fit him yeah. really well. Um, and actually, Pete Dunne by that same token, yeah. like you know, because the the sort of um, and it's something that we've spoken about in the podcast before with with progress in particular is is is, is taking those sort of generic bits of music. Mm. And trying to get them to fit wrestlers is really difficult. And even when you've got, like, you know, custom music that's written specifically for that wrestler, it doesn't always work. No. Like, I mean, you've got, for, for instance, they've got music for Eddie Dennis. I don't know whether that's going to change now, probably. And for Flash, Morgan Webster. And it yeah. kind, it's not terrible. No. Like, and it's been written specifically for those characters but it's kind of it feels like a watered down version. Yeah. It's like when um you know when Tyler Bate comes out on WWE TV to, to not sledgehammer. To, yeah, to not sledgehammer. Yeah. Um always feels like oh tribute is a tribute act. Yeah. I think th- there's obviously when you choose music for yourself you you are thinking what will suit my character. Yeah. And I think it's often easy to do if you're picking a piece of music rather than trying to describe that to somebody to then write a piece of music for you. Yeah. Um, or even if it even if it comes down to somebody thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to write a theme song for Eddie Dennis, you might not quite have the same grasp on him as everybody else has on him. So I think it's, also, it's a tough art. But I think also, like, for in a lot of ways the characters are informed by the music mm. that they're coming out to. Yeah. And by picking recognisable songs or songs that have been written in such a way that, like, that you... So you could have a collection of Hatebreed songs mm. and be like, yeah, nine out of ten of them, um, you know, they're fine, but only one of them would be the wrestling entrance theme. And then that fits Rampage Brown because... <sighs> Again, like part of your impression of Rampage Brown when he walks out is that song. You couldn't just take any hate breed song and put that no. in there. Um, similarly, Eddie Dennis, like, what what is Eddie Dennis's character? But like, I mean, what is it really? Like, yeah. And then when he comes out to party hard, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah, I want to get a party with him. He's a likable yeah. guy who likes to do a party. Yeah. Um, we all like to do parties. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I obviously I, it's been mentioned before. Run a wrestling company, mm-hmm. and there have been a few instances where I've I've picked music for people, um, and I always try 
and go a little bit against what is the trend. Yeah. Um, so I don't really like going for metal songs. Mm. Um, so, I mean, uh, for instance, um, we've got uh, Jade wrestling on our shows yeah. and she's coming out on our shows to uh, Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop, which is a very odd song, mm. particularly in the context of all the other entrances. It's slow. It's it's quite a dark sort of sound. Yeah, but it fits her character. And I think it really fits. Yeah. Um, whereas I think maybe other places that she might come out, it might be a, just, again, like a metal song or, yeah. or, or whatever the promoter's got on a CD lying yeah. around. There's a lot to be said for something a bit different as well. One of the ones that really stood out to me was when I first saw Chris Ridgway. He'd come out to Slaves, Cheer Up London. Right. And no one else is using Slaves. They've got a very distinct sound. And it immediately kind of it pricked up my ears. It was, you know, oh, what's this? Yeah. You know, so I can't, I do I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. So hope that answers that joke. Oh, I rambled on a little bit there. Um, okay, next, uh, Meg Hewitt. Hi, Meg. Um, do you think UK Graps... Uh, and then there's a little dig at Chris, um, Chris Renfrew there. Apparently on Twitter he was saying that the word graps is rubbish and anybody who uses it is rubbish. Let it go. Yeah, exactly. Come on, get a grip. No. We, we've got an orange fascist in the White House. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Westminster full of sex pests and you're worried about the word graps. Maybe it's easier in Scotland. Yeah. Um... Do you think UK Graps is regionalised? And if so, why does this happen when the country is so small? Example. We've got an example. Uh, I had a fab time at Tidal and uh, saw local um, wrestlers I've never seen before. Why don't they get booked down south, I wonder? I see Roxy at BEW, but nowhere else. I'm not at EVE or RevPro. And don't get me started on, where's Rampage? I love that series of books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get started on it. No. It's too too much in it. Too yeah. much to read. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Meg is a big uh, Rampage Brown fan. She is. Um, and yeah, he doesn't seem to be making his way down south all that often. I remember days. first getting to know Meg and Steve, her other half, and finding out Meg's favourite wrestler was Rampage Brown. Do you remember who Steve's favourite wrestler was? Golfwang. It was it? Golfwang. Yeah, it was. I wonder if that's still the still same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably not. Um, she's right. There is a regionalisation. Yeah. Um, the UK is small, but travelling isn't really seen as something no. you do. I mean, we do a lot of travelling. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few hardy souls like us who will, you know, think nothing of a three-hour drive to go and yeah. see a show. Um, there are others who won't go half an hour down the road. Yeah. Um, you've got people who, and this is fans I'm talking about here, and we'll get on to wrestling in a minute. Fans who say, oh, yeah, I live in Coventry. What, are progress ever going to come to Coventry? And you know, Jim quite rightly points out they're in Birmingham, 20 yeah. minutes up the road. Um, so there is that kind of attitude in the UK. Public transport's quite expensive as well. Can be, yeah. Um, so unless you're driving uh, and you can fill a car, which is you know, a subject for another time maybe, um, it is going to be difficult to get here, there and, yeah. and everywhere unless you're a name and people are willing to pay for, for that transport. Yeah. Um, so you do have these scenes. You've got your Scotland, you've got your north, um, and even the north can split into west and northwest and, and northeast. Yeah. Um, you, you often don't get a lot of the people from the sort of Manchester area 
going across the Pennines. Uh, maybe that's historical. Then you've got the Midlands, which seems to share a scene with the southwest. Um, and then you've got the southeast. Yeah. I, I think also we've got a lot of wrestlers right mm. now. Like the scene is booming. Yeah. Um, so there is an inclination in some respects for promotions to sort of go, yeah, well, we'll stick with mm. with them. But also by that same token, there are, there are promotions where they'll just kind of grab a load of people from another promotion that yeah. they're, they're familiar with. So you might see... Um, loads of people from Fight Club Pro show up on another promotion and like it might not be real close by but they'll just have gone well we'll just get a load of those people put them yeah. on um, <clears throat> so you might not see odd faces pop up because you're just seeing the same people mm. show up in a lot of um, a lot of different promotions um, there's, so there's loads of factors yeah I think play. one of the factors might be as well that more and more guys are seeing this as a job yeah, and if you can get work half an hour down the road, why go eight hours? I mean, Susie, yeah. in a reply to this on the thread on um, Facebook, Susie Jackson pointed out Eddie Dennis had gone to work for North Wrestling, I think it was in Newcastle, right. and it's like an eight-hour journey there. He's probably in and around There's the venue. There's no way it's an eight-hour journey to Newcastle from London. I don't know. It just doesn't. But go on. But still. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a it's a big long journey there. You're in yeah. the building for a while because you're not just there for your 15 minute match. You know, you've got to be there a couple of hours before the mm-hmm. show starts. You're probably there an hour after the show finishes, and then you've got the same journey back. Yeah. And for the same amount of money that you could probably earn just down the road, are you going to take that trip? Yeah. Now, some people do it for other reasons. I know when when I was wrestling, it certainly wasn't a job, um, but occasionally someone would say come up to Blackburn and wrestle and be like yeah that sounds fun so you might get that there might be a sense of adventure with some guys that, that will travel yeah. um, but mostly I think people are staying near to home and because yeah. there is so much work now yeah, uh, there are so many shows you don't need to travel as I say it's a combination of a lot of things some of it is going to be promoters not necessarily wanting to pay those expenses but some of it is um, you know kind of what you've sort of got out there is that people don't put themselves out there to go and do those long journeys and whether that is I could just stay here and try and earn the same sort of money uh, promotion around here or some of it is uh, maybe a don't want to be too strong but a lack of ambition or 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 to some extent the younger wrestlers there are certain places where they've been told you know no you can only work around here um, I think you do see loads of people getting out and about, but also, um, you know, promoters when they're booking wrestlers, a lot of the time it's wrestlers that they've seen, yeah, and that they know. Like I'm not, as a you know, as a promoter, I'm not like trawling through the results of every company in the northeast, working out who's wrestling there, and then tracking down all mm. their stuff. But if somebody sends me matches, then I'll have a look at them. Yeah, And it, it's often you find as well that there's a, a snowball effect. That somebody from out of the area will work one show in an area. And then it'll get seen by people in that area. And then more bookings in that area. Yeah, uh, Because previously to that, as you say, not every promoter is, is checking hashtag dot rest, whatever no. it's called, uh, every night to read the other results, seeing who's doing what, where. 
Um, so, yeah. No, I mean, I go, pers- personally, with my promoter hat on, I go to a lot of shows. I see mm. a lot of wrestlers, but I can't see everyone. No. Like, and any any promoter that says they've seen every wrestler in the country worth yeah. watching is a liar. What I would do, if, if you are um, a fan of your regional graps, and you think that there are people who are working there who should be elsewhere, shout about it. But also, tell people. Yeah, and I would as much say tell the wrestlers yeah. as much as the promoters because the promoters aren't always out no. looking for talent from 300 miles away. But if a wrestler, if somebody gets in touch with me and they sound enthusiastic yeah, you're gonna, you're and they gonna sound interested yeah. and they seem like decent people, then I will talk to them yeah. at the very least. Uh, right, let's move on. Yeah. Ian Hamilton. Hi, Ian. Uh, put... Oh, you've got to say it. I haven't. Read it. Read no, it. I'm not going to say. Read it. I'm not going to say the bits Read in brackets. Read the question. Since the brackets, chocolate end brackets, Starworks brackets open, and no. Just say it. Just say. Since it. the chocolate Starworks and the hot dog flavored warehouse, it's changed layout every show you've that. been to. What is your preferred layout for a venue, and why? My preferred layout? Mm. <laughs> I'm a fan of a ring surrounded by people. <laughs> I'm quite a fan of that. Um, yeah, my preferred layout. Yeah, I mean, that obviously is, is first first and foremost. I like to sit down. Yeah. Or I le- like to at least have the option yeah. to, to sit down generally um, if there's space. Mm. If there's not space, I'll stand. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we again. This is something that we've we've spoken about before. I like it small. Yeah. Like, I like a, a small room where everybody's kind of close to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if people make noise, then you can hear the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to scale up, those are considerations for me. Yeah, I think you've got to fill your space. Yeah. Somehow, um, and that means if you're in a bigger building. You've got to find some way of either getting enough people in that building to fill it or making that building smaller. Yeah. Um, I do like the ring in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I like fans on all sides of the ring. Yeah. Um, some people have an entranceway, which is fine because it makes means you've got somewhere you can do dives um, safely without ending up in the crowd. Although that's that's a brick rest thing now, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah, just ending up in the crowd. Yeah, land on top of people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know what Ian's getting at here. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to say in words. Um, yeah, without a draw in it. Yeah, it, it's just make the most of your venue. Um, and that's what really Fight Club Pro are doing. Every time we go there, the, the Starworks cha- is changing. Yeah, it's changing because, I mean, they're getting more people in there. Yeah. And, and they're reacting to where, you know, that they might have... Sh- I don't want to say struggled, but they're reacting to yeah. either improvements to the venue that they might not have had before or limitations that the yeah. venue had previously. For instance, there was one one show months back where the way the merch tables were set out and the seating and standing, just getting around was really yeah. difficult. Like it was it was really squeezed in the interval and you couldn't really move around and they they changed it up. Yeah, for the next show, and they keep changing it. And fortunately, they've got quite a <clears throat> um, unique 
space and obviously a unique relationship with yep. their venue that means that they can try different things, different setups, and and they're they're still working on that. Yeah, I mean venues aren't easy to find. Decent venues aren't easy to find. Um, so I can understand with some people that they will still struggle on in a venue which isn't suitable. Um, but it is just finding a way you can make that venue suitable. Perhaps if you want to hire Love the Graps uh, consulting services, we'll come around. And, sure, and we can have a And we'll vaguely tell you yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how this, this thing should, should be. Yeah. Um, okay, next question is from JP. Uh, how far are we from having shows seven days a week, north and south? Seems to be that midweek shows are really picking up steam and a lot more wrestlers can work full time. Well, we've kind of mentioned this before um, about midweek graps picking up. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, one, because it gives people uh, more places to work. So, you know, give that. Two, you, there are buildings which are very suitable for wrestling, but are perhaps used at the weekends for other things. So you can start yeah. using them. Um, three, it kind of legitimizes wrestling a little bit. Um, because modern Britress, to a certain extent, is very much a, a kind of a gig-going type thing. And gigs happen seven days a week. Gigs have always happened seven days a week. Um, and people will think nothing of going out on a Tuesday night to see their favourite band, even if they've got work mm. the next day. Um, and so why shouldn't it be the same for professional wrestling if it is an entertainment um, because people go to the cinema of a weeknight, people go to the theatre of a weeknight, they go and see comedy of a weeknight. Why shouldn't they go and see wrestling of a weeknight? I yeah. uh, think there's a tipping point. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll see a time when it's on every night of the week. I think we'll, honestly, you know, I think we'll probably reach a saturation mm -hmm. where we have to sort of, where it gets pulled back on. Um, I don't. I don't want that to happen. I want there to be places that we can go and watch wrestling every night of the week if we want to. Yeah. But I honestly feel that there will get to a point where, um, you know, it's going to be a combination of, you know, there being too much, too much of the same things yeah. going on because wrestling is at its best when there's a lot of variation from mm. thing to thing. I mean, for instance, you've got. Um, You've got Keith Lee over in the country at the moment, and I think he. I think I've seen two or three announcements of him against Dave Mastiff. Yeah. Um, Midweek and weekend, um, and that's not a match that I've actually seen before. But I, I you know, you're going to get to a point where you're seeing a lot of the same things, mm -hmm. especially if you're not having, you know, regular imports in or, or stuff like that. Well, I think part of that as well is we mentioned about people going full time doing yeah. this as a job. Not everybody c can be in that position. No. But with midweek wrestling, um, it's the shows that you go to are going to be a mixture of the very local guys who can come after work. Yeah. And those guys who are full time. And because yeah. there aren't that many full time guys, you're going to see the same names, you know, here, there, and everywhere. So I wonder. I just wonder whether that all kind of, you know, sort of. It, force a bit of a, a pull back on, on that yeah. I might be completely wrong I'd love to be wrong on that well, I mean it, it works in Japan and Mexico um, different cultures yeah uh, particularly for wrestling there but they, they have shows seven days a week um, you know no no thought about just being a weekend thing there um, so who knows I mean the thing is with with weekends now 
I don't know about you, but most of the people I know don't work a Monday to Friday anymore. They, they, they do weekends here and there. They, they do split shifts. It's, it's becoming so much that a weekend isn't purely when people have their off time now. Yeah. And I think society will only... That's a bad thing as far as I'm concerned because you don't get people together in the same place when they're not at work because people are not at work at different times. Um, but I think we're only going to go more in that way. So perhaps entertainment has to reflect that. I don't know. Yeah. Good question, JP. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, James. James Wickham. Yeah. Love James. He's a good man. He's he a is. good man. Good man. Yeah. Uh, he said... What's the name of Mark Davis's finisher? Now, I mean, do we... We know it's called Raw Meat. Raw Meat. Uh, some other people might tell you that yeah. it's called something else. Yeah. Um, and those people might include Mark Davis himself. Although well, I think he's been a bit railroaded there. Yeah, I wasn't very happy with it. On There was no. an exchange on Twitter yeah. last weekend. The bit that I was at, Travis Banks stood by and just let it happen. Yeah, Um my problem mainly was with Jim Smallman saying, actually, no, we decided it. It's like, you don't get to decide. You don't decide. Why are you deciding? What made you the king of well, wrestling? Well, in the Wii, he did include Mark Davis. Mm. But I like to think that Mark Davis, uh, his part in that conversation was, was like, you know, the, the end of the Blair Witch, where the, the, the bloke stood in the corner facing away while all the stuff yeah, happens. Yeah. I think that's, that was probably Mark while that was I happening. I just, you know, I, I got, I, I took it personally. I felt like somebody was throwing their Brit rest weight around, <laughs> thinking they're the king of fucking bollocks. And will nobody think of Matilda the Hunt? Exactly. The name Raw Meat is a tribute to the... the she's still alive, isn't she? She is, yes. Uh, Matilda the Hunt. Is she? She is, Do we yeah. know for sure? Yeah. Cause that I saw a picture of her recently with the cast of... Oh, of OK. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad she's still alive. I'm not, I'm not sure about the, the Mount Fiji. No, I think she might have she might passed have, have, recently. Have moved on. Um, I just think it's a shame that they've chosen a name with a swear in it. It's a terrible name. I mean... I'm what, not saying Raw Meat's a great name. But, no, but like... But it is. But that's a terrible name. I quite like the um, the Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. hold with the ridiculously long Yeah, and that's name. it. That should be the only one. Yeah. And it's not that long, no. the name. Um, well, so the name that um, that uh, Mark Davis and Jim Smallman um, of Progress Wrestling and WWE fame yeah. um, came up with was uh, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck, which is the name of a Run the Jewels song. Mm. Um, Run the Jewels uh, did a song which Mark uses as his entrance scene. I mean, whatever. What does it matter? I mean, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Moves can be named whatever they want. How is he going to scream that in the manner of Jimmy Havoc? <laughs> Rain maker! <laughs> you mean like that? Yeah. Close your eyes and count the fuck! <laughs> is that Australian? Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's just they're coming up with things for Glenn to scream, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, great. Uh. That's why I watch it on mute. Actually, no, I don't need to because the uh, commentary's mixed so low, I can't hear it anyway. Um, moving on. Uh, what's the shittiest shit-ass show you've been to? That's from Ben Owens. I, I, I read this and I felt a little bit weird about it because I don't like... No. You know, we've been accused previously of being very negative. 
Only the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I try not to be like I try not to bury no. shows too much. Everything's got something. Yeah, and we've been to trainee shows. Yeah, which the quality not top, not top notch. Um, but we we paid a pound or two pounds to get in. Yeah. Um. And I wouldn't put those in that bracket mm. because they are what they are. Yeah. Um, if I was going to pick one, it would be the first time I saw Sabu, which was not at Sabu's peak. <laughs> um, and he was taking on a fella called Mr. Monster in a leisure centre in Rushton. Um, and then I think Joseph Connors and Paul Malin were on the card as right. well as the tag team. And maybe a young Chris Tyler, who I think was probably like 15 at the right. time. Um, and then no, nobody else. Yeah. Um, that might be the dodgiest show I've been to. I mean, but there there are other ones. There are definitely other ones. Yeah. I, I can't really think of too many. Because I don't tend to go to shit-ass shows. Um, I was probably on a few <laughs> back in the day. Um and and stood out not as a shit ass stood out as yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a beacon diamond in yeah. the rough um, but on the whole definitely the shows we go and see but I think across the board yeah Britress is in a really good place yeah. at the moment so when we talk about shit ass shows if you're a recent fan of Britress um, certainly since I came back into it in sort of late 2014. You don't really get those shows anymore, or at least we're not seeing them. They're not heard about. I guess they are still happening, yeah. um, but they're happening very quietly, and they're not indicative and illustrative of the scene. Um, See, but it used to be that the kind of show, an average show now, back in the day, was was amazing, yeah. and your average show back then wasn't great. So, uh, the 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 idea of a shit ass. I fucking hate that phrase. <laughs> Um, you know, a show like that to me that they're they're it, it can't be young people like young wrestlers early in their um experience. That's not what defines that no. to me. What defines that is people who have been doing it for years and are still bad at it. Yep. And you still see some of that. Um, and I'm I'm not going to name any names, but that that you know you still see some of those people on the fringes. Yeah. But as you say, we, we don't go to those shows. Yeah. You've also got some some people as well who, they're perfectly fine professional wrestlers, but their gear is shit. Yeah. Uh, or, like I say, they, they've got no ambition. So they're just going through the motions. Yeah. And it's kind of, I wish some of these people, I think most shit asses and shit ass shows could be eliminated if everybody involved with them thought, why did I want to do this in the first place? And I think if you stand back and think that and compare what you are doing with what you wanted to do, there's going to be a shortfall there and think, how can I address that shortfall? No one's irredeemable. You know, everybody, even the even the worst wrestlers can be used in some way. So it's just a case of, I think, stopping shit ass is getting together. <laughs> Everyone can cope with there the odd should, shit ass. There should be a law against them yeah. congregating. Yeah, a register of shit asses. Yeah, yeah. Um, Meg's back. Yeah, uh, she said, "Should Progress hire Adam as a proper social media person?" 
yes or yes. So it makes given us the answer there. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, she's not specified who Adam no, is. No, I, I, I know. Adam Libonacci, is that his name? I, I think don't that's know. his name. I, I thought she meant my brother for a moment. Right, yeah, I wouldn't hire him. No. Uh, or indeed Adam Blompier. No. But, uh, um, I mean, my brother, um, if you ever see on Twitter a tweet from Good Wrestling which contains a pun on the word good, yeah. that's him. That's not me. Yeah. I won't do it. Anything on Twitter from Good Wrestling that you, you don't like, that's <laughs> that's Adam. Um, that's Adam. Yeah. Um, does she mean the, Adam the first man? Yeah. In which case, probably not. Did she mean Jerry Adams? <laughs> no, because his tweets would have to be done by somebody, an actor doing his, his well, voice. Well, he could tweet them, but somebody else would have to read it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Adam, the, the guy who does uh, yeah. social media for Progress, um, he seems to have a grasp on it. Um, he's better than two thirds of the Progress do guys. We know, do we know that, though? Do you follow him so. on Twitter? I don't know. I've never seen his Twitter. No, I mean, times when they've said, oh, we're handing over social media to Adam. Yeah. Because I think he does it on show day. Oh, okay. Um, th- there, there's no obvious uh, yeah. gaffes. Um, because as we've discussed ad nauseum, uh, Jim's quite good at Twitter. Yeah. Um, John Briley, it's not one of his strengths. Uh, yeah. but he can be a bit Briley. Very Briley. Um, yeah. Glenn. Wow. Just. Get rid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, social media is important. Yeah. Um, using social media wrong can be bad. Yeah. Um, let's say no more yeah. about that. I think I, I, there, there's, there's a compromise to be made with this because, obviously, a lot of people enjoy the voice of the people who run programs. Yeah. They enjoy that tone yeah um and then there are others of us who are a bit sensitive to when they get prickly and are like you just bad at customer service so maybe there's a balancing act there yeah maybe they just need training maybe they just need to follow andy quilden around for a bit what would andy quilden do he'd tweet professionally that's yeah. what he would it's do it's not cool though is it rev pro it's not cool, it's not cool but um, it is professionally run yeah Okay, then we're back to Mike Farrow. Um, this is a question for you, I think. Yeah. What don't you get about Run the Jewels? I liked Killer Mike's solo work and enjoyed the, the first album, but thought it went downhill from there. Are you just too much of a pussy for all that heavy bass? First of all, don't appreciate the gendered insult there. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I am old. Yeah. Uh, I do try and keep up with music. Yeah, uh, I I do like my Makes music. For painful road trips. It sometimes. does not. It does not. Yeah. Um, while you were asleep on the way to Bristol, me and John had a great conversation about recent albums that we've loved. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's John Oldham. He he's sometimes with us at shows. Uh, yeah. We both like our music, um, as opposed to you who hates any music. I um, like cool music. You like lame music. Yeah. Um, I tried Run the Jewels. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't pop with me. Something has to pop. That doesn't mean I won't hear it again. I mean, I quite like Mark Davis's theme tune. Yeah. That's I, all right. I think they work better in isolation. I think, like, individual songs work better than an album. Right. With them. Yeah. Um, 
I like them. I'm going to go and see them in a couple of weeks' time right. in Birmingham. Are they going to do individual songs? They will. They'll be a song and then and they'll, they'll play another one. All right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they give you ten minutes between songs. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going. I mean, I am going to see them because I do enjoy their work. Yeah, yeah. But also, the the rapper Danny Brown is also. Right. You're a big on fan of Danny Brown. Show. I'm a big fan yeah. of Danny Brown. I like I like some modern rap music. So yeah. it's not that. The genre yeah, is not like MC Hammer. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Modern rock mu- rap music like uh, uh, Blondie, Rice. Blondie's Rapture. Yeah. Uh, Adamant's Ant Rap and yeah. Wham's Wham Rap. <laughs> They're my three favourites. Yeah. Um, no, I like clips. Yeah. Uh, I... We don't have to do this if you no, don't want to. But, <laughs> you don't have to. But I, I do like. Uh, modern rap music it's just run the jewels just didn't pop for me no. um and it 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 hurts because it doesn't hurt but you know it, it affects me because people i i know and like including yourself yeah really like them and when i can't see what people i like seeing something it, it annoys me so uh, yeah i feel like i'm missing out see i don't i, I it doesn't bother me so much i just it's like i can't have everything yeah i mean there is a like, there's a, a, a I've sense got, of that a lot of my friends really enjoy a couple of bands that I really don't like. Um, the Hold Steady, can't I can't love get the Hold Steady. Fine, um, and the Front Bottoms. That's a band that people really like. Exactly, that face that you're pulling right now is the face that you should have when you hear the name of the band, the Front Bottoms. Yes. <laughs> it's so the Front Bottoms are I think they're like a, a kind of emo indie punk band but from they, 1983 well so they the name sounds like a uh comedy folk or women's trio um that you know they play in floral dresses and and, and sing awful songs yeah. about like like bad version of victoria wood in the 80s yeah, yeah. yeah I see that um i can't get on board with that don't like it but it doesn't bother me because yeah. I'll just go and listen to something else. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. I, I don't. I never feel like I need to have my finger on the pulse. Not with not with music anyway. Yeah. Because there's I, loads of good songs that aren't new. There are. Whole, I tell you whole what. Disco. I tell you what is bad though. What the new Weezer album? I've not heard it yet. Absolutely terrible. Really? Yeah. I see. I, I like Weezer. I like. I. I mean. I've had loads of com- conversations with people about Weezer over yeah. the last couple of years. It's become a bit of a Sort I heard of, the um, single and liked it. Point. Oh, I hate that single. So, oh, um, there you go. I think, yeah, the production on it is bad. <laughs> um, it's uh, If anybody wants to um, have a conversation with me about it, you can, but you will lose. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so, yeah, David Ford says, do you think too many UK promotions are sacrificing storylines in favour of one-off spectacular matches? Um, perhaps, um, there are reasons for this. The reasons are that some of the people you are getting to be in those spectacular matches are possibly not going to be regulars at your promotion. So slotting them into storylines is A, hard, and B, it's going to look exactly that, that you've just slotted them in to the storyline. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Uh, and I would encourage people to try and do it at all times. And you can do both. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You can do things alongside each other. Yeah. Um, I think 
different promotions can offer different things. Mm. Um, for instance, you know, Rev Pro when they're doing their big New Japan shows, that's that's what it's always going to be. Yeah, because they're not going to do New Japan storyline stuff. No, and you're not going to get a lot of Rev Pro storyline stuff. No, not low shows. Um, and they don't, and they don't do loads on their big shows. They don't do loads of storyline stuff anyway. I know they have some storylines running on the on the smaller cockpit shows. And similarly, a Fight Club Pro, especially in the past year, have been a different. They they've done that in a different sort of style. Yeah. Like they, I mean, and as as loath as I am to actually say it out loud, a lot of people have started kind of dropping the the moniker. Uh, the UK's PWG, yeah, which I kind of hate. Well, there, um, is, there is the mileage in it, though. Yeah, you know, um, by bringing in some of the hot, hottest independent guys um, from like North America for the most part. Obviously, some of the Dragon Gate guys that came over recently, and putting them in there against the best that the UK has to offer, mm. um, which gives a bit of a different flavour to you know what those guys can go and do elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I think they could do more storyline wise it's something that we've spoken about lots on yeah. the, on the podcast obviously we've been to pretty much every um, Fight Club Pro show this year mm-hmm. in Wolverhampton at least um, and we've seen them kind of grow from I mean not their earliest days but from a much yeah. smaller venue to you know upwards of 700 people um, every month now Um and I think that they could be doing more storyline-wise. Yeah. Um, I think because they don't do loads of storyline stuff, I kind of give them a little bit more leeway than I would progress when they don't follow through on their storyline yeah. stuff. Because their kind of progress were built on strong sort of like kind of ongoing narrative stuff. Mm. And then when they don't sort of, they don't do that properly are kind of rail against them a little bit. It's um, it's a tough one because if we, specifically we'll look at Fight Club Pro again. They were very good at building their storylines and their crowds were growing. Um but it was only really when they had they adopted with the the dream tag team invitational which coincided as well with the whole WWE UK thing. So you can't say wholly um it was this but it's only when they they brought in the young bucks and Kenny Omega yeah. that they exploded. Um, so they were doing the right the right thing that you and I would say the right thing, and it and it was attracting a core audience. Yeah, but it didn't break them um, no. until they they did the dream match thing. But I, I do think yeah, you can do both, and you can even do both um, in isolation with each other. So you can have on top this you know the these dream matches whilst underneath everything else yeah is. because but, uh, even even then i think you could sort of play in from one to the other mm. so say you have travis banks in there against i don't know pentagon well travis banks is going to be there every every yeah. week every month yeah so whatever happens in that match for him for that character should play into the story that you're trying to tell with him as a whole if he loses well next time He's got to come out and try and win because he, you know, he lost yeah. that big match. Or if he wins, he's got momentum going forward into whatever storyline he's doing. Yeah. So there's no need for it to be completely like 
now is a special invitation. Like, it really yeah. annoys me when the, the announcers go match. an international challenge match. Yeah. It's like, what? What is that? That's like, oh, everyone, just put down your, um, take off your um, storyline glasses, and please put on your flashy exhibition glasses so that we can watch this inter- special international challenge match. Yeah. Um, I ev- think you also need it as well because, I mean, in the case of Travis Banks, Travis Banks is a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, he has improved a little bit over the past couple of years, but he's always had that yeah. core there. But what really put him over was that we grew with him and watched him growing in yeah, that storyline. Yeah. And that spread to other places. Even people who weren't necessarily seeing that were hearing people being passionate about Travis Banks. And thus, yeah, yeah. He, he exploded as a name. People don't necessarily see Jimmy Havoc as a top name because of his wrestling skills. They see him as a top name because of the storyline that put him over the top in progress. Will Ospreay is a great wrestler and his skills sell him to to a lot of people on their own. But the people who really took to Will Ospreay are, again, the people who watch that storyline coming yeah. through in progress. So you can make a decent fist of it by just mm. having these matches, but you're going to run out of guys. And also it suits... The dream match thing suits certain guys better than it does mm-hmm. others. Osprey, you could put him in there against someone, and you're going to get an incredible match. I mean, that's what you know. That's why he's in New Japan yeah. now because he had matches with Okada over here yeah. that put him over the top. Whereas somebody like Jimmy Havoc hasn't really. He's never that. That's not really happened for him. No, like he hasn't been put in there in dream match situations and blown the roof off because he is a storyteller. More than he is a flashy one match and done yeah. wrestler, and that's to his strength. Um, whether whether it's to the detriment of um, the show or whether it's a case of sacrificing storylines, I don't know. I think I think we can have both. Yeah, um, but we we spoke before about the fact that we see the same people everywhere yeah um if promotions are doing different things yeah. with the same people then we won't get tired yeah yeah and that's that's kind of a very good point because like i don't want to go to a promotion and just see random pairings no like if you're gonna do it make it matter yeah. move on okay um it's me isn't it yeah um amy langham uh what was the match that made you fall for wrestling um with me I was never into wrestling as a kid. No? Uh, wrestling, when I was a kid, was World of Sport. Yeah. Uh, it was big men in ill-fitting pants, um, grunting and groaning. Uh, it just didn't hook me. It was ridiculous. The cat was already out of the bag by that point, so everyone knew that it was fake. Um, and the World of Sport style um, could often look faker than a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So it never hooked me as a kid. When I got into wrestling, um, it wasn't particularly a match that hooked me. It was a feud. And it was Undertaker Hulk Hogan. Uh, Survive Series 91, okay. around that era, Tuesday in Texas. So it's around that time. Um, so it was Undertaker Hulk Hogan. I'm a, with what I know now, I'm ashamed to say I, I was a big fan of Hulk Hogan at the time. 
Uh, I like the babyface. I like Hulk Hogan. I liked Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, I liked Roddy Piper, um, who was just turning uh, at that point. Um, so yeah, that was what hooked me in. Um, in terms of in terms of Britress, um, what got me into Britress was Doug Williams. Um, Doug yeah. Williams hooked me in. He was a, a master of the art. This was in in the year two thousand. So, yeah. Um, I think so. I got into wrestling kind of in in the early nineties, and part of it was you know watching outlandish things happening. And and, and I mean, I I've, I've mentioned before. I think um, that one of the first things I remember is seeing the Undertaker doing his top rope walking on the top rope thing. I mean, like, what the hell is this? Um, and then I also watched uh, when ITV had WCW um, on. I remember really liking like Ron Simmons at that time, mm -hmm. and there was some weird storyline with uh, Vader and uh, Harley Race as his manager, and Harley Race bringing in another Vader, like a super invader. Yeah. Um, as and eventually they had some sort of feud, but that was that. I, I remember that, but. <clears throat> I, I just um, there was a, a match for some reason it's always stuck with me and it's kind of one of the earliest ones I can remember of the time when I was like now I must watch wrestling mm. every week was Wrestlemania 13 and actually I didn't see the match at the time because it was edited out of the broadcast right. Yeah, it was because back in you know back in the 90s WWE when it was shown on TV a lot of the time it would if somebody was getting hit by a chair they would cut away to the yep. crowd or um, sometimes I think this was a little bit later on but if there was blood it would go black and white yeah um, but they removed the ho pretty much whole of the Chicago street fight between Nation of Domination and Legion of Doom <laughs> and I just remember being fascinated by it like the idea that because I couldn't watch it live you yeah know, it's on at one in the morning um, so the idea that something was too it was too, too much extreme. for them to show on on TV was amazing to me, um, and I, I liked the, all those people, all those characters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't remember. I've watched it since, um, and I don't remember loads about it. But I just remember that being a match that kind of really intrigued me at the time. Um, I might go and watch that this afternoon. Um, oh. yeah in terms of British wrestling I don't know I think I kind I was into like in terms of independent wrestling I was I watched lots of ROH in the early well mid 2000s um, and then kind of got into a lit, like very nascent steps into Japanese wrestling but never really dived into it and my first and my first wrestling show full stop was the Noah show in Coventry back mm. in 2008 sounds about right um, and that was the first time I'd seen the Japanese guys but it's the first time I'd seen any of the British guys mm. as well um, and uh, yeah I mean that was a weird one because I think on the dark match for that you had I think Zack Sabre Jr was in it I think Bubblegum was in it I think Dave Morales yeah, was in it yeah. Dave Mastiff um, Lion Kid? No, I think Lion Kid was on the main show, wasn't right. he? But uh, under a different name. Yeah. 
Um, oh, who else was in it? Basically, there was like a whole. Spud? It was like yeah, maybe Spud. I think it was a six-man tag. Yeah, and I think five out of the six of them are kind of in and amongst like the top. Yeah, um, British wrestlers now, which was weird to mm. think weird to look back on. But I don't know whether there was anything in particular that kind of hooked me on it. Yeah, I guess I really got hooked when I started going to Progress. Yeah. Um, well, the next question is from John Lowton. Yeah. And it's kind of similar. What was the first independent show you went oh, to? Oh, I knew that was in my head. That's, yeah. that's, um, so you've yeah. kind of said Noah, but yeah. what's the first Britrest show you went to? I think the first Britrest show I ever went to was a... Oh, do you know what? It might have been that Sabu show that I mentioned yeah. earlier. It was either that or it was a Southside show in St Neots and not at their regular venue right a, a weird venue where the ceiling <laughs> was not high enough yeah um, for what was going on in the ring which made the main event between um, Prince Devitt and El Ligero that much more awkward <laughs> um, I think we were going because Colt Cabana was due to be on the show right but I think around this time he got like a finger infection that he nearly died from. Okay. Um, that and he was off the show, but um, Michael Elgin, yeah, was on that show. The old Michael Elgin that everyone hated when he had a mullet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, my band, um, I took a photo of that at that show, and the album cover for my band um, is from that of Michael Elgin. Anguish Sandwich. That's the name of the That's band. The name of the band. Um, and uh, yeah, it's of Michael Elgin doing um, some kind of move to Max Angelis, um, a wrestler that I've never seen again. Who he, he was the Southside champion at that time. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that was the first. Well, with me, I saw I saw a couple of shows. I I saw a very local British show uh, when I was seventeen. Uh, with Steve Regal against Giant Haystacks in the main event. Um, yeah. But I suppose if we're talking Britress, modern era, yeah. um, the first one for me was an FWA show. Whereas at the time, FWA had a number of offshoots. It was Capital City Pro Wrestling. Okay. Where was that based? Uh, Barking, <laughs> uh, okay. on the outskirts <laughs> of the capital city. Because yeah. uh, you can't run central London. No, can't, no. Can't. Well, that's what they've said. Yeah, um, uh, it was called Urban Legends, um, and Jody and Johnny were on it. Yeah, Doug was on it. Alex Shane was on it. Um, all your names that were to become the big names. And from that moment, I was sold. I became an FWA super fan, um, and then ended up working for them at the end of that year. Mm. Um, and for me, that. I would say modern Britress started in 99 when Mark Sloan started the FWA. Um, I think you would trace it from then. Um, and it was nice to be part of that. And I, I know now when, when you have people who are very much, uh, oh, I love progress, um, I love ICW, I can identify. You know, I can absolutely identify because I was that man for the FWA back in 2000. Um, so yeah, so it would have been urban legends. Oh, okay. For me. Um, John's got a follow-up question. Yep. He said, uh, following the wimpy theme. There's oh. not really been a wimpy theme, but well, not in all the questions, no. but in the podcast, it yeah. has. Um, if you could have a wimpy meal with three wrestlers, Ooh. past or present, who would they be? Now, I would insist that these three wrestlers use their knife and fork, unlike the three <laughs> people I ate with uh, when I went there. But who would your three well, be? You're going to tell them. Yeah. Okay, so they've got to be wrestlers that you feel like you can intimidate into using cutlery. Mate, I can intimidate any wrestler. I'm a shooter. 
I'm a hooker. That's what they call us. Hookers. Yeah. Yeah, they do call you that. Yeah. Um, oh, three wrestlers. All right, let's go. Um, do you know what? Because I haven't seen her in such a long time now, feels like forever. Yeah. I'd like to invite Nixon Yule to my That's good email. Shout. Yeah. Um, just popped into my head there. Um, I think, you know, she's a, it's a very likeable personality. I remember having a nice chat with her just before she left to Pastures New um, at the Fiction Warehouse. Um, and she was on our first good wrestling show. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I do miss seeing Nixon. I can't wait for her to heal up and yeah. end up on, on TV in one form or another. Um, who else would I have? I'd have a Big E from the New Day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. another good shout. Um, yeah. I think he would be... Um, I mean, I wouldn't feel bad about ordering something big off the menu because he's always going to order twice as much, yeah. isn't he? Um, and finally, let's go back in time, shall we? Um, ooh, Big Boss Man. I just, I just, look, I wanna, I wanna have a chat with Big Boss Man. I've always had a soft spot for Big Boss Man, because I don't think there's anyone more evil in <laughs> wrestling than the Big Boss Man, um, and I'd just like to sort of get inside his brain. Yeah. Would you ask him if he felt bad about not catching Jim Cornette the time he dangled off the scaffold and and blew out his knee? I, I would, and if he was to say no, I'd be like. Fair enough. It's on me, mate. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, also, he did once eat uh, Big Show's dog. So, well, he fed the dog to him. Wasn't so. it Al Snow's dog? Was it Al Snow's? It was Al Snow's dog. I Pepper, just felt it? like he was picking it's on the Big Show. No, no he, he nipped the Big, big Show's big dead, dead dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, you're right. He fed um, Al Snow's dog to him. And at yeah. least I know that if we're going for a meal at Wimpy, he's not going to have any. He also, any he also died from hanging in. In the, in the ring. Yeah. Well, he's had a colourful career, didn't he? Yeah. Um, was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? When well, Nails in, came in. In life or... Well, no, in storyline. Because when Nails came in, um, yeah. we, we were supposed to um, hate Nails. Yeah. Because uh, Nails next con. Um, yeah. But it seemed to be that he got a bit of a rough treatment. I think it was... Um, I think it's a, a, a change in the times isn't it yeah. like I think if we see authority figures now we're sort of conditioned to distrust them well as we know all coppers are bastards yeah um, whereas in the past yeah um, it'd be like yeah lay down the law unless you were Canadian in which case you're not allowed to lay down the law yeah um, um, I'm gonna go for and this may be a mistake but you've already picked Big E yeah so I was Keith Lee Okay, I'd, right. I'd like to go out yeah. with Keith Lee. Yeah, um, it would be. I think it'd be a fun evening. Yeah, uh, non-problematic. As we've discussed, Keith Lee's a very non-problematic man. Uh, if he has, there might have been some problematic stuff in his past, but I like to think that he's been on a, a journey around the world, helping out small towns in trouble, and he's buried that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I would I hate to say this. I'd take Chris Brooks. I like Chris Brooks. He's a rotter. But I do like Chris Brooks. Ugh. And I feel we could have a good chat about music and stuff. Um, so I'm just shaking my don't head. Don't shake your head at me like that. Right. Um, and for my third, I would like to take... Oh, who shall I take? Torriano. 
Yeah, okay. I figure that would be great, and uh, if nothing else, we could just shrug at each other all day. Yeah. Um, I've had so many more coming through in, in my brain yeah. in the last See, the danger with me is I don't like wrestlers. No. I, I don't want to get to know these people because no. they're going to disappoint me. So I try not to become friends with wrestlers. Yeah, I'm kind of regretting the big boss man right now. Right. feel like he'd be too grumpy. Yeah, throw him out. Okay. Who are you All putting right. in his place? Um, I'm going to choose another grumpy person. <laughs> Um, I'm going to choose Kevin Owens. I think I, uh, I yeah. think I'd get on with him. Yeah, and you'd go to the zoo with him afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we'd get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or Juice Robinson. Ah. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, Steve Hewitt, would you rather fight ten Lycos-sized Chris Brookses or one Chris Brooks-sized Lycos? Now this is a stupid question, yeah. Because Lycos is still a person size, yeah. So it would be one Chris Brooks size Lycos I'd like to fight, yeah, rather than ten slightly shorter Chris Brookses, yeah. Also, Chris Brooks, I've I've seen him. He he can do that Tetsujin style, <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas uh, Lycos is Where- a clown. And I'd rather I'd rather have the clown to be honest, because yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, Tetsujin style. I'd be like, "Ow!" Well, yeah. what, what? What is it? Yeah, what are you? <laughs> Lighten up! Lighten up! Yeah, I'd, I'd rather fight one of anything than ten of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, obviously, the question works best when the, their sizes vary greatly. Well, I mean, they do vary quite a bit. Chris not, Brooks is a very, yeah, very not, long yeah, human being, but not like on an exponential scale, like. You couldn't get several Lycoses into one Brooks. Yeah. I'd like to see somebody try. Maybe next time they take on, say, the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. One um, Pentagon could try and insert several Lycoses inside yeah. of Chris Brooks. Yeah. And we spoke before that there should be other Lycoses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was when we were um, at Riptide the other week. There were, yeah. Yeah, many, many like. Yeah. Like I. Like I. Like a C's. <laughs> yeah. Um, stupid question, Steve. Don't come back, please. Thank you. And tell us about golf wang. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is might be our last question. Final question. Oh, it's a big one. You've, you've saved a big one for last. Oh, I did. Uh, they weren't completely random. Right. And this is from Susie Jackson. Uh, what could the future hold for independent professional wrestling in the UK and beyond? Wow. wow. Um, holograms. It could hold anything because, yeah. as we said, wrestling can be anything. Yeah. And we do like to see wrestling that stretches the definition. Um, but I think she's kind of asking here, how big could it get? Yeah. And how big do we think it might get before falling back in on itself? Um, because wrestling, like a lot of things, is historically cyclical. Yeah. So it tends to have boom and bust periods. We're very much in a boom at the moment. Um, how do you see things going? Um, I mean, I, I, as I kind of s- suggested earlier when we were talking about the midweek shows, I think we will reach some sort of saturation at some point. Partly, I think, facilitated by the fact that WWE are gonna they're gonna come raiding the UK they haven't done it yet they're, they're, obviously they've done this WWE UK thing 
but they have not picked up, they have not picked these guys up properly yet. Um, they've got more Australian people on their roster yeah. than they do UK people um, in terms of NXT or the main roster. Um, at some point, they're gonna like raid a lot of the top talent in the UK. Um, if they do, if this UK show gets off and running, we're gonna we are gonna lose a lot of people to to that show if it if it is mm. running in a way that WWE would want it to run because we saw earlier this year that limitations were put on what a lot of these guys could do yeah. that seems to have dissipated almost entirely yeah because there's not that focus i mean i i'd be interested to know what sort of guidelines people like Pete Dunne um Tyler and Trent have been put under well cuz it's weird because um, when it first happened, Triple H went on record as saying we want them to be used in places where they will be in storylines. Um, yeah, and they'll be nurtured. Be nurtured, they're... but they're just used anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they could just go and work anywhere. Yeah, um, you know, we saw Pete Dunne go over to the US and pick up an injury on a show where the, you know, I mean, obviously, again, progress were quite vocal about their opinions on the show and, yeah. and the wrestler in question um, so they're not being protected no. like they're not being told those restrictions are can't there. do these shows yeah at the most ever they might be being told you can't be broadcast yeah um, in in certain ways um, you know I, I think that kind of affected flow slam mm-hmm. to some extent um, I mean it wasn't the ultimate cause of their demise but um, <laughs> Uh, you know they, they they kind of suffered from that early on, but I and I think if and when this WWE UK series does rear its head, you're going to see that happen all over again. It's got to. Yeah. WWE won't have some won't have talent on a regular basis on their shows that are appearing in ways that they can't regulate. I just, the the key to me is that Brit Rest and and US independent wrestling. Um, there is a space it can occupy, which it can be simultaneously very healthy uh, and worthwhile uh, financially to, to do it uh, and hopefully artistically, but also not be so big that it's a threat to WWE. Because let's not kid around. WWE are not a friendly organisation. They are sharks. Um, they may have certain people working there uh, who are friendlier than others. Um, they may portray themselves in a positive light with their relationships with some companies like Progress, ICW, with their lending of, of people. And, oh, no, it's fine. We have a great relationship with them. When it comes to it, they will fuck you over and they will fuck you over to protect their market share. And it's not even and, and that's what they did to, world, to the World of Sport revival. That's why WWE UK was created, because they felt threatened by... Britrest getting on ITV, which was, you know, it's still a big market in this country. But if you can find a place where you can be very healthy, you can have a certain number of online subscribers to your your network, um, you can sell out shows, um, your wrestlers are selling merch, you're selling merch, without necessarily being a threat to WWE, um, then I think that there's still a very large space that Britrest and wider independent wrestling can occupy yeah I, I mean I think we've still got a long way to go 
Mm. I don't think it's disappearing overnight. Nope. Um, I would love to see... I mean, what I would ideally... If I was, you know, dream sort of scenario, the um, WWE UK thing would kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys that they want to use would be signed on a full-time basis. Exclusive. Yeah. Not going to see them anywhere else. Yeah. They would be signed on a full-time basis. They would split their time between UK shows and the US mm-hmm. appearing on those shows as well. Um, then you would have a handful of the bigger promotions that we already have, but they would have to be using different talents. So, you yeah. know, everybody would have to come together to acknowledge that, yeah, there's a gap now, so these guys are now the top mm-hmm. guys in the UK. And we've got a lot of talent yeah. now. And you've got a lot of young guys coming through, and maybe there aren't the spots at the top of the cards for some of these guys right now. Yeah. That'll open up, you know, um, and and you're seeing kind of buzz around some of the younger guys, less buzz around some of the other younger guys who are probably just as talented but aren't used by those promotions in a way that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is, is particularly, um, it doesn't, you know, create excitement and hype around them. And then the promotions will have to do that because they'll have spaces to fill. And then hopefully you'll have another couple of tiers like we do have now to some extent that that feel more defined where you're going to get quality shows but of a different sort of flavour yeah so you know I I love to go and see a show in a hundred capacity venue mm-hmm. I don't expect on those shows to see the same guys that are going to be I mean and I don't but I think a lot of audiences do. Yeah. But I don't expect to see the guys that headline in the top shows in the country to be on those hundred capacity shows. Yeah. Not every time, not every time out. When they do, it should be a, a treat. But like, if you're going to see, you know, Progress running a fifteen hundred building, and it's headlined by Tyler, Pete, and Trent, and then you go and see a hundred a hundred capacity venue, and that's headlined by Tyler, Pete, and Trent, then what's the point in having? Yeah those different I, I think we, we mentioned the analogy between wrestling and music yeah and I think it needs to to be kind of like that in that there are some places where you know you can go and see bands that are on the way up yeah and you know five out of ten of those bands will will never make it you know another three or four will will only make it a certain way one might become the stars of the future yeah and I think you perhaps need that in your wrestling as well yeah um, so you know that you can go and see these smaller shows with stars of the future um, and maybe some mainstays who, who are never quite, you know, really quite going to make it, but they're, they're good hands. Um, and then the next tier yeah. up is, is that. Um, I think the future is bright still. I think people are still finding new places. Um, they're finding new ways to do wrestling. And... That, that fills me with, with happiness. Um, because if it is the same old shit, meh, I get bored. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think as wrestling fans, we want to see things shaken up. Yeah. One of the main things that people are... Re- like, I think one of the main things that people do complain about with you know WWE and then on the way down is the sameness. And yeah. like we, we just... That's why when something ridiculous happens everybody's excited about it for at least five minutes Mm. um and 
I think you will see big changes. I think we've seen big changes this year. Um, I, I, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, the fact that WWE have opened their eyes to, to, to the UK scene. The fact that, you know, Pete Dunne has, is walking around at shows in tiny little venues in the UK carrying a WWE yeah. belt um, is ridiculous. You wouldn't have said that. I mean, even this time last year, that show hadn't been announced and you it wasn't on the horizon hmm. um I, I you know this time last year what culture were making the waves yeah um by being a you know running big venues and um, bringing in big stars and, and and being broadcast on youtube like easily accessible I think you'll see things become more easily accessible. I think everybody will be able to get their stuff online. Everybody is now, but I think the audiences will be more attuned to, to yep. get in hold of that. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd very much like to come back to this in 10 months' time after Progress have done Wembley. I think Progress at Wembley is it's a bellwether for you're a bellwether uh, um for the the health of the scene um how many tickets they sell yeah how it is portrayed yeah um how it is received and then what is the immediate after effect of yeah. that do yeah. they do they after they've done potentially 10,000 seater do they go back to 700 the next month um so i think that will tell us a lot about the scene by then. Um, so I'd like to come back to this in 10 months' time if we're still doing the podcast. By now. Yeah. I think progress are an interesting one in that, um, the, yeah, they are going to be the sort of litmus test by which we measure how far British wrestling mm. can go. We've got a clear marker at the top there. And obviously ICW have been doing stuff already, but they're, they're very much an anomaly. Yeah, because, I mean, you find ICW outside of Scotland and to a lesser Newcastle, because they've held a couple of big shows in Newcastle, which is not far from yeah. Scotland. Um, they don't draw particularly well. No, not fantastic. Um, you know, we're, we're in, in double figures yeah. at some shows. Whereas Progress have, have, have slowly moved into other towns and kept the attendances up. Yeah, you know, and in Manchester they're going out. into a bigger building yeah. next year, so 2,000-seater in Manchester. Oh, so, no, yeah. No. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of keep an eye on that. Yeah. But interesting question. I'm 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 positive about the future. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm a negative person, about, but I'm positive. About I am positive. I, I feel eventually there will be um, a. I, I think more with the midweek thing than than hmm. wrestling overall because I think um, I think there's a there's a, there's an amount of sameness that you're going to get yeah. from that. Like, because if you talk about live music, the reason there are midweek gigs so often is because a band will do a tour. Yes. And the, they can't play everywhere on a Friday and Saturday. They've got to play yeah. other places. Whereas with wrestling, it's not the same because you've got the same wrestlers every, you know, mm. if they're going to wrestle five times a week, yeah. they're going to wrestle five times a week every week for the whole year. Whereas a band may do a month-long tour, yeah, and play all yeah. up and down the country. They're not coming back every no. time to the same venue every week. So, yeah, 
And that's all our questions. Yeah, thank you, everybody, yeah. for your questions. I, do you know what's great about this? Is that I think pretty much everyone on that list that have asked question, we know. Yeah, we've met at shows. Yeah, and yeah. that's great. Um, and if you didn't ask a question and you feel like you don't know us personally, you can. Yeah. We're, we're all right. Come and find us. Yeah, we're about. We're not difficult to find. Yeah. Um, I've got very curly hair. I've got very grey hair. Yeah. So just look for those two weirdos. Yeah. Um, often on the front row at shows. Yeah. Um, Alan dances sometimes. Yeah. I get spat on sometimes. Um, things happen. Yeah. Um, but it's been great. 50 episodes. I know. Yeah. We of our little podcast. Of our little podcast. I mean, we started doing it back in, what, February? Early February. Um, when we were added to the Work in a Rest Hold mm -hmm. podcast family. That's gone now. Yeah, that's gone. Things change. Things move on. Yeah. Um, we're on our own stream now. Yeah. We've got a good amount of people subscribing. Yeah. We could fill a decent-sized room. Yeah. With it, if we if everybody who subscribed to this bought a ticket, um, we would outsell probably eighty percent of Brit Rest shows. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, we're never going to put on a show. No, no, no. There'll no, be no. no Love the Grap show. No. Well, I mean, if everybody wants to buy a ticket and come round here, yeah, um, fit you in. Yeah, might have to stack a few of you on top of each other. It's all right. Um, but as long as you're okay with that, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, it's been great though. Yeah, it's I've been... really enjoyed it. We've done all different kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've had meltdowns. Yeah, um, we've seen some great shows. We've seen some okay shows. Yeah, uh, we've talked about shows we've not seen. Yeah, um, we've done it all, and uh, more to come. We've got a massive weekend coming up. Yeah, yeah. So um, next weekend we are off to Rev Pro um, in Walthamstow on Friday, mm -hmm. which looks. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> it's just mad. It's isn't so it? stupid. Um, uh, we were sold on that by the matchup of Toriano and Zach Gibson. Yeah. And we've since been given Minoru Suzuki versus Matt Riddle. Yeah. So And Zach Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. It's up my alley that yeah. one. Um so that'll be a lot of fun. And we'll do a um, pod after that. Yeah. Um and then Friday, um Saturday and Sunday we've got um two double headers. Yeah. An afternoon, a matinee, and an evening um, show, and that's uh, the Eve She Won tournament, the Ace of Ace of Eve, yeah, um, which is around robin tournament that they're yeah. they're running over two days, uh, and that's got all of the great women of Eve on it, and Mako Satamora. Mako Satamora again. I've seen Mako Satamora a lot this year, yeah, and it's this, been great. By the end of Sunday, it will be ten times, yeah. She's just it's crazy and brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really good. But we're not um, going to do a pod for every show. No, we'll, the, do, we'll, we'll do a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that'll be something for you to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and then after that, who knows? Yeah. Um, but we are, you know, we had a question earlier from, from Joe about going to, to Tidal. And we are looking at the possibility of getting out to a few other places. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see what our tally is of different towns and different companies that we've been to this mm. year but I think it will be rather impressive and quite diverse yeah um, you know we've got a couple that we go to on the on the regular basis on the ridge 
Um, but we've also got some that we just dip in and out of. Yeah. Um, but next year, I'd love to add a few more. Hmm. Um, you know, for a bit more variety. Yeah. Be exciting. I'm still petitioning Alan to go to um, one of the uh, Wrestling Institute of Northampton shows as a sort of bookend, seeing as that was our first episode. <laughs> um, Maybe we will. Timetables haven't sort of worked out recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, any. That's it. Else? No, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It's been a long one. Yeah. So, yeah. An hour and 40 minutes. It's a bit lengthy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not quite the audiobook of some podcasts. No. Um, but still a lot longer than what we'd normally do. Mm. Um, so thanks to everybody on the Facebook group for asking these questions. Do go up and do go along and join that Facebook group. Yeah, join in. Nice little conversations spring up there. Tell us what's happening, um, how you're enjoying the shows you are going to. One of the nice things uh, on that is, is something that I started in um, the Wrestling Friends group that went before this, was that we'll say where we're going over weekend. So if you're on that and you can see that, oh, there's a show I fancy going to, but I'm, I, I, I don't know anyone who's going. See, someone else might be saying they're going. Yep. So you jump know, on. You make, jump a, on. make a pal. Yep. Um, I quite so like that. So get on that group. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Love the Graps. Um, subscribe on iTunes. What I'd really love, actually, is for everybody to go and review and rate on iTunes. Five-star review. I've been looking into this, and I think that will help the algorithms. <laughs> um, so please do do that. Um, will it help us get a Casper mattress? Um, well, maybe. Maybe we will get to share a Casper mattress. We'll yeah. just have to put it down on my floor and we can record on yeah. it. Um, and until next week, I mean, it's still very early in the afternoon. It's not even 4 p.m., but if you want to, go to bed. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the hills every class, where the seasons are of time. All our lives we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the hills.